Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. You have to circulate the money. You have to invest in people. You have to invest in getting the message out there, knowing, of course, how you're going to make the money back. When someone gets scared of like investing money in themselves or in their businesses, well, now I know how to handle it because I've been there and I've seen what's available on the other side. This is Jennifer Longworth. Today's thoughtful entrepreneur is Amanda Abeya, award-winning Latina millennial money expert. Featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, Inc., USA Today, and Business Insider, Amanda has created an online community where millennials can learn how to make money online and actually enjoy their financial journeys. She was a finance freelance writer for almost a decade and now does influencer work for companies such as Capital One, Intuit, and Better Mortgage. In 2014, Amanda launched her Amazon best-selling book, Make Money or Honey, A Spirited Entrepreneur's Guide to Having a Love Affair with Work and Money. And this book has been featured in Yahoo Finance and Seventeen Magazine and is now turned into coaching programs for bloggers who want to become business owners. Her most popular program, Persuade to Profit, has helped small business owners make tens of thousands of dollars within a few short weeks. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You are on fire, girl. That's what I keep hearing. The girl <laughs> on fire and everything you're doing. You're getting Forbes, LinkedIn Post, USA Today, all this stuff. Doing your thing, teaching people about money and how to make money, enjoying their financial journeys as a blogger. As a blogger, yeah. So how do you get into making money with blogging? Because some people, you hear that they do this and some people are like, well, I've had a blog for 10 years and no, I don't even get people to read it. I mean, It's been almost 10 years, (laughs) number one. Okay. So it takes 10 years, you know, overnight success and all that jazz. But basically, um, I graduated from college in 2010. I went six months without a job a year before I found any sort of full-time employment because, you know, 2010 was a great time to go find a job if anybody went through that. What was your degree in? English literature. Which I already knew I was going to be broke. I already knew I had to make something yeah. up. So like, well, okay, dude, but, but you did that to yourself. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wanted to be a journalist, but like my school didn't have that. They were like a traditional liberal arts school. So like I went with the next best thing that they had. And now 10 years later, I'm like, oh, well, you taught me how to find patterns in literature. Well, now I'm a really good marketer because of that. Because I'm really good at finding patterns and stories. And that's part of what I help a lot of my clients with right now. So I'm like, okay, wasn't completely useless. <laughs> so in that time, I you know, was overcoming some health issues. I, I joke that I got my quarter life crisis a little bit early because I was like, okay, I did everything I was supposed to do. I'm sick. I'm having panic attacks. I have a degree. I can't find a job. The world economy is in like the toilet. And on top of that, there's all these media stories saying it's my fault. What's going on here? Mm. Right. 
So I just started mm-hmm. questioning a lot of stuff. And I had a friend who saw that I was kind of struggling and he'd known me for many, many years. And he let me borrow a copy of a book called The Art of Nonconformity by Chris Guillebeau. And in that book, it was Chris Guillebeau's first book. And in that book, he was like, you know, you could do whatever kind of work you want. Like, you don't have to do things the way society told you to do them. And at the time, he was on a goal to visit every country in the world, which I think he has done by now. And I was like, whoa, like, why is this the first time I'm ever hearing this? So it really got me sort of thinking, okay, well... There's got to be a better way than this. There's got to be something more than what I'm experiencing right now because clearly what I've been told to do is not an option. So I Googled how to make money writing. All started with a Google search, people. And, you know, I signed up for this thing called Associated Content or Yahoo Contributor Network. I think Google has since shut them down since then. But it was basically like a content farm where you would like write all these articles and then you would get paid on the ad revenue. And I'm like, well, I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs doing nothing looking at job boards. So I, I got to do something. And then they ended up having open assignments for personal finance articles. And I thought to myself, well, I know nothing about money. Clearly, I need to figure out money because the rest of the world has no idea what's going on right now. What if I get paid to learn about money? And that was sort of like my incentive to deal with a topic that up until that point was really scary for me because I've been bad at math since the age of eight. And up until that point, I thought money and math were the same thing and they're not. Similar. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. They're really, it's more psychology than it is math. Hmm. Which is what a lot of my clients end up finding out on their own entrepreneurial journeys. Because like yesterday, for example, I helped two clients really unravel a lot of like sabotaging behaviors as it pertained to money uh, because of something they'd picked up when they were kids. So in the next few years, I did end up getting a job. I worked as a recruiter, still kept blogging on the side. You know, I'd started a blog to sort of hold myself accountable with everything I was learning. I knew nothing. I didn't know about funnels. I didn't know about email lists. Influencer work wasn't a thing. You know, I was really just trying to get my stuff together and just assumed, okay, well, you know, if I'm trying to get it together, maybe other people are too. And I was right. (laughs) (laughs) What do you know? What do you know? And, but I did get jobs because in, up until that point in my mind, I was like, you can't really make a living doing this, right? Like, that's that's a crazy. No one mm-hmm. was really doing it. So I still got a job. My job was interviewing people for other jobs <laughs> within Fortune 500 companies. So like the irony of me not being able to find one and then me interviewing people for employment is not lost upon me. Uh, <laughs> and that boss became sort of like a mentor because it was a small business. So we we actually joke that you know, that job was basically my MBA um, because I was the only full-time employee other than her. So I learned I learned the ins and outs of running a business. I just didn't realize that's what I was learning while I was there. It, the connection had not been made to me yet. After a, a couple years, you know, my blog was getting traction. People were coming to me. I was starting to get media mentions. I'm like, okay. And then I did my life coaching certification, which is where all the money mindset stuff comes from, because I was like, whoa, there's something here when it comes to mindset. Um, And it was coming up in my job, too. So I thought it was going to help me at my job. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll do do something with this and I'll be like a life coach or something. That's what I was thinking at the time. I still use a lot of those skills like I used it yesterday, but it would be a while before I really saw a return on that investment. On the life coach thing? 
Yeah, it would be a while because no one knows what the hell a life coach is, right? I think it's getting there. It's getting, it's getting there, there. But if I tell you I help you make money, you ah, know. Yes, help me. I'm there. Help me. Sign right. me up. Sign me up, right? <laughs> so that's like a marketing thing. And then, you know, yesterday one of my clients was like, well, I had no idea I was going to get so emotional today. And I was like, well, we got to get through this in order for you to really be able to put your message out there. So I still use the skills. It's just that my clients don't know what they're getting. <laughs> it's like a surprise. It's a bonus. It's a sneak attack. So you're using the skills as being a life coach. You're just not branding yourself. I'm a life coach. Nope. I mean, that's not nope. your, the crux of what you nope. do. I'll do it. It's helpful. Yeah, I'll do a lot of lifestyle stuff, but I always relate it back to money somehow because that's something that people can easily understand. And it's a part of my life where I've probably done the most healing as well. So which makes me a really good teacher because I used to really suck at it and have had to go through my own money mindset stuff. One of which was quitting that job. So I was terrified because I was addicted to the paycheck, as one of my friends says, um, which really wasn't even that high. I really was not getting paid that much. I mean, I, I call myself a recovering under earner. That's definitely one of the things I've had to mm -hmm. learn to overcome mm -hmm. is just not earning enough money or not earning my worth because either it's learned behavior or whatever. That could be a whole other episode. There was a day where I interviewed like 10 people. I was exhausted for jobs and they all had the same story. I mean, they'd all been laid off or fired or like something didn't work out the way it was supposed to. And I had this aha moment, which was like, okay, wait a minute. Like a day job really isn't that secure. Mm, right. You That's lose your job, you've lost everything. Like you've lost your whole paycheck. And meanwhile, at the same time, I was starting to see people, particularly in the financial blogging space, which I was a part of and still am a part of, starting to quit their jobs to do this blogging thing full time. Yep. And I was like, oh, oh, I think there's something going on in the economy and all the people that I'm interviewing and even my boss hasn't even realized this yet. Huh. So I quit. <laughs> Ta-da! And that nothing else really planned except you were doing this blogging thing. People are making money doing it. Maybe I can make money doing it, so I'm going to quit. I mean, is that the... I was making a little bit of money as a writer, okay. but I didn't really... I, I hired my first coach to like get me through that emotional process because it is an emotional process. I tell people all the time, this, this has taken me almost 10 years to learn. Making money is not hard. What's hard is unlearning all the stuff we've been taught about how hard it is to make money. Because once you start unraveling all that stuff that isn't even true most of the time, then making money becomes a whole lot easier. But the hard part is like these limiting beliefs we have around money, they are literally like addictions. And oftentimes we, we picked them up when we were kids. Like what's an example of something you've seen? Okay, so one of my clients yesterday, um, she has a hard time receiving right? Um, in every area of her life, which of course is going to make it difficult for her to receive money from strangers because strangers have your money, right? as Grant Cardone says. Um, and then the reason is because she um, mothers other people because her mother was not necessarily emotionally available for her. Okay. So she's repeating that behavior thinking she has to mother everybody else. But what ends up happening is that she becomes self-sacrificing. Uh, and when you're trying to make money, you cannot be self-sacrificing. Gotcha. 
So then changing that mindset. Right. That was a huge one. That's yeah. and, and that's actually really common among women. <laughs> Imagine <my> that. Experience. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really common among women in my experience. One in four American workers are under earners and the majority of them are women. And that's according to uh, Barbara Stani, who, who focuses on, on women and finance. But that's one of the reasons why is because we've been taught that we're self-sacrificing and self-serving and we have to take care of everybody else before we take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that sounds slightly familiar. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine it does, right? It's a big cultural one. But even but myths like that or another myth, which is like, you know, money is the root of all evil, which is not even interpreted correctly at all. No, that's not um, even what it says in the Bible. That's not even what it says, <laughs> right? Or you have to like work really, really hard to make money. Really? What about all these people who make passive income with investments? They're literally not working and still making money. Their money is working for them. So there's all these myths that are out there. And then on top of that, the stuff we picked up as kids from our own families, like we have blueprints around this stuff. Mm -hmm. And money is a very complicated topic for a lot of people because chances are our parents have their own stuff and they just did the best they could. Sometimes it's generations of like poverty and needing to break a cycle, which can be really hard. So that would be an, ex- those would be some examples. Okay. And that's where the life coaching stuff comes in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because if you don't resolve that, then I could teach you about sales and marketing and funnels and all this kind of stuff. It won't matter. You'll find a way to sabotage whether you know it or not. Yeah. That makes sense. But the good news is that once you realize it, you can start taking the actions to change those behaviors. And a lot of my um, clients, you know, whether it's through private coaching or my six-week program, in my six-week program, I start them off with money mindset stuff because I already know what's going to happen. As soon as we get to week three, which is we start where we start talking pricing and asking for money, all the stuff is going to come up. <laughs> Interesting. This is an online program? This is an in-person program? Yeah, it's a completely online and on-demand program. And it's basically bloggers who have a bigger message. Um, they're not just in it to make money, but they need money to get the message out. And they would love to be doing these things full time. So I actually joke with uh, Josh Elledge. I'm like, my program is like the pre-program to your stuff. <laughs> because they have to learn you know, who the market is, how they're actually going to monetize off of it, what a basic sales funnel looks like, lead pages or opt-in pages and forms, list building, you know, how a social media follower actually turns into a paying customer. Because one of the, the biggest things I hear from my clients is, you know, we've taken lots of programs out there, but they usually just cover like, social media or ads, they don't really tell you how you make the money back. Right. And your program does do that. It connects the dots. So what's the fastest way for bloggers to make money? Start selling something. Start selling something. (laughs) I'll give you an example from my own business from last month. So I already had this six-week program, and then I started realizing, oh, I think they need a separate program just on how to do sales and how to negotiate, right? That's the next step once they have this thing figured out. So I just sent it out to my list. I'm like, hey, I'm selling intensives for like all day sales trainings with me. Not really expecting a whole lot. It was just an experiment. I thought there was going to be some like lag time. Um, I sold out for the month of June. I just got a payment for one this morning. It's only been a few weeks. Wow. (laughs) 
I didn't cook nothing fancy. Um, you know, I didn't have to go through all this stuff. And then that gave me the inspiration of being, okay, I've done this a few times with people in person. I'm noticing the patterns. Now we're going to create an on-demand version. Okay. And that'll be out, you know, probably by the end of next month. So you can actually get to money very quickly. Um, it's just most people don't know what they're selling or who to sell it to. Once you figure that out and you start noticing patterns, and this is what I teach my clients um, in the Persuade to Profit program specifically, once you start figuring out what those patterns are and what the needs are, mm-hmm. you can start making money pretty fast. If you know how to sell, which if you, you also help people figure that out. Yeah, I've talked to some entrepreneurs on yeah. this show and, and other places who say, well, I started a business, but I didn't know how to sell. So I put it on hold, got a sales job for a few months, figured it out, and then came back and worked my own thing. Mm-hmm. That's a great way of doing because it. You yeah. Get, yeah, you get into your passion. Like, yes, I want to do this, but I don't know how to sell myself. So no one's buying. What do you right. know? And, that could, and again, that Funny could be a really happens. weird topic for people because... To give you an example, like if you're operating from the story where you're self-sacrificing because that's what you've been taught to do, sales is going to be hard for you. I teach people how to have this conversation because one of the issues I always had with sales, I've taken a ton of sales trainings. Plus, I was a recruiter, which is basically a sales job for jobs. Right. You know, but the way that I was initially taught was very old school because the company was, you know, it had been around like 45 years already. So it was still operating in that way. So it was definitely a lot more aggressive. So when I started doing the stuff online and I would see sales programs specifically catered toward women, right? Because, you know, women are not necessarily Mm -hmm. naturally aggressive. It's not necessarily how we roll. Right. I did those. I'm like, cool, we're being compassionate. We're being empathetic to the other person. This feels a lot more like serving, not like I'm going to battle Uh, or something. Uh, But here's the problem. That was way too passive. So I still wasn't making any money, right? I actually Mm -hmm. got rejected 60 times in one month doing that approach. Wow. Being trying to serve instead of being being passive, right? So in my experience, I had to learn to find the middle ground between passive and assert and aggressive, which is really just being assertive and realizing that everybody wins, right? It's just a matter of learning how to have that conversation. And on top of that, because I have so much experience in the personal finance space, and this is what I teach my clients. I know what's going on. Once you get to a conversation about money, people get super uncomfortable. So here's a little sales tip for everybody, (laughs) right? When someone says, I can't afford it, 95% of the time, it's not true. It's just an automatic knee-jerk reaction because they're having an emotional moment because the conversation just got financial and no one taught them how to have a financial conversation. So what do you do as the salesperson? Like, I can't afford it. Well... Most people would see that as a rejection, right? Or they would become resentful, which is the, okay, you're lying, right? Yeah. It's a matter of knowing how to hold the space for them and walking them through that moment and asking the right questions so you get the real story of what's actually going on. Move them through the moment, right? They're just having a scary moment. So it's your job to sort of um, hold that space. So that's the empathetic part while also keeping control of the conversation. Ah, which... That's a real trick now, isn't it? From time to time. Oh, yeah. Once you learn how to do that, it's so good, right? And I've taught a lot of my clients how to do that for the sales intensives specifically. One client was not able to do any sales on her own for like a a $1,000 program that she had. 
And so we did a sales training on a Friday. And by Monday, she started having her her discovery calls. She closed the first one. Nice. When she learned how to do that. Like, I haven't been able to do this on my own for months. Yeah. And like that one figuring out how to have that one conversation gave her more confidence, also gave her a better understanding of what was going on with her market psychologically, and then also taught her um, how to move through that moment because she was one of the ones who was being too passive because she didn't even, she wasn't even asking for the money. Right. It's a challenge. Now, Amanda, I know you have six-week programs, all these programs, but what one piece of advice out of all of this that you have that would you like to share with our thoughtful entrepreneur who is listening? Don't be afraid to invest. I think that was one of the scariest things for me. I thought investing and spending were the same thing. They're not. They're really not. So spending is like wasting money, right? And there will be times in your business where you lose money because sometimes just didn't. It's something didn't work out. So don't get too attached to it. But there are also moments where you have to spend some money. So for example, I would not be where I am getting brand deals had I not started seeing my social media and my PR like a marketing budget, like the marketing budget that it is. That's an example, right? Or I just brought on a new business manager, right? That costs money. Well, guess what? She's doing sales for brand deals on my behalf, right? She's already made me money. So investing, asking for help, and and the two tend to go hand in hand a lot of the time because if you're asking for help, a lot of times you're paying someone for help. Don't be afraid to do it. I think people just get really scared of losing the money because they're way too attached to it. Mm. And they don't realize that money money needs to circulate, right? right? In order for you to make more of it. And there's all I mean, you could literally measure the ROI too. So I think that's really important. I think that's something that really scares a lot of people, again, because we've been told about how hard it is to make money. So we're afraid of losing it. But you're saying just because you're spending doesn't mean you're losing. It's going to come back to you. It's going to come back to you, right? And even if something doesn't work out, like, for example, I once spent a ton of money on Pinterest and it didn't work out because they changed the algorithm. Okay, lesson learned. Once I realized it wasn't working, I cut it out and then reinvested the money somewhere else. As soon as I started doubling down on investing in my business and asking for help, that's where I went from like six, seven K months with a lot of struggle to like, we're on track for a 20 K month this nice. month with not a whole lot of struggle. Wow. You go girl. Like I said, you know, you're on fire. I uh, know. Right. And, and that's the one I literally did an Instagram story this morning. I was like, I feel like it took me 10 years to learn this one. Like, now I get it. I understand. Like, you have to circulate the money. You have to invest in people. You have to invest in getting the message out there, knowing, of course, how you're going to make the money back, which is what I teach my clients. But now that I've seen it, when someone gets scared, right, of like investing money in themselves or in their businesses, well, now I know how to handle it because I've been there and I've seen what's available on the other side. Well, Amanda, you have so much wisdom, knowledge, experience to share with everyone. How can we connect with you online? Yes. Okay. You can go to amandaabeya.com. That's A, B as in boy, E, L, L, A. You can find everything there. Um, If you want to go straight to my podcast, just search Make Money Your Honey on Apple Music. It's also on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. It's everywhere. And then you can go to Instagram or Twitter. Those are my favorites. Those are both at Amanda Abeya. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Amanda. Thank you for having me and asking these super insightful questions. 
Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media and in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.